The proverb, clothes make the man, seems to go back to classical times. Yet a recent program in India seems to be revamping that idea into all UNs, instituting a new sort of school uniform to change the educational environment. So how might this perspective offer a substantive insight into your work? Hi Heidi and hi Brent. Hello again. How are you both? Not too bad. Doing well. Right, so school uniforms in India. What, what's this all about, this story? Oh, this, this is a really interesting little story. In India, over the past two years, primary schools and secondary schools have instituted essentially what we would call in the West gender-neutral uniforms. So uniforms that are exactly the same for girls as well as boys. It's a loose, boxy top, and it is below-the-knees shorts, meaning that all of the children can run and play and climb trees and engage in the school day in both a modest and a comfortable adaptive way. Okay. So what's the caveat here? Because clearly <laughs> something's not working out with this policy, which seems quite fair to me. You, you think it, w- it would be cut and dry that, hey, everybody can perform at the same level and be comfortable in the same way. Why would that be bad? Well, it turns out <laughs> that there is a religious minority, a Muslim minority that takes great umbrage at girls being dressed in the same clothes as boys. The girls are permitted to wear headscarves if they'd like. The clothes are perfectly modest, but there is a gender parity that is signaled and instituted and expressed through boys and girls wearing the exact same uniforms. And that's causing people upset. Part of the reason for this is there is a lot of misogynistic undertones in secondary schools in India, uh, especially the southern part of India. And they wanted to do the school system itself and the government wanted to see if they could shift that over a longer period of time by instituting and getting away from defining the sexes in secondary school and in early education by putting everybody on the same playing field, hopefully that will, over time, go into the workspace, go into life in general, in the culture. And that's what I find fascinating from a psychology perspective, is they are using a uniform to undergird this concept of gender parity and to erode the ongoing problem, not just in India, but in other cultures and in the United States as well, of misogyny and women being second-class citizens. Evidently, the teachers love it in the schools. The girls love it. The boys are fine with it. So you're beginning within the school system to reprogram the thinking of gender assumptions based on clothes. It was interesting. The teachers right away said that they saw the boys acting different around the girls and engaging them in a different way. 
And this yes. is simply by replacing skirts with shorts? Yes. Yep. Wow. And it, it looks like what we would have considered play clothes for the playground in our childhood. Just boxy loose shorts, boxy loose top. There's nothing special about it. Which was the point of selecting that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and uniforms fix so many other problems as well. We, we, you know, you haven't got the kid with the flashy trainers that cost twice as much as most people might make in a, a week. You yeah. remove all of that. And now we've taken that one step forward. And yet, of course, there are still issues. Is there a compromise being found or is, is that not? I think the compromise made was permitting headscarves on the girls and permitting religious clothing of that nature. Right, right. I find it simply fascinating that there is a pursuit of a culture change goal through something as everyday, as prosaic as the clothes that you wear. And using that to support in small children how they perceive and see themselves. And that, for me, speaks volumes to change in the workplace, how we try and institute culture changes, that maybe there are a lot of different tools that we're not looking at within the basic physical environment that can change both perception and interaction. Thinking how it relates to business, I mean, if you look at what a flight attendant would have wore in the 1960s, it's quite risque compared to where we're at now. So we've, we've slowly sort of um, been a little bit more respectful towards the genders over the years. I mean, how do you see this sort of evolving in the workplace as a whole? Well, there was recently an airline I think it might have been Lufthansa that allowed the the it was women. The Ukraine, to, it was a Ukrainian airline. Ukrainian oh, okay. airline that that finally decided that women don't need to wear skirts; they can wear slacks and sneakers and sneakers, so they can be comfortable Absolutely. and move around and actually get their job done in a way that the males have always been allowed to get their job done. That'd be quite an interesting study if if you look at certain places on the planet when when their airline actually deregulated that rather sexist uniform of high heels skirts you know very gender right. specific yeah. you know and to see who's who, who's last in the pecking order yeah. for, for getting that done that probably is a good sign of where they're at as a society well it, I, th I think that is really the last industry that still has that because almost every other industry that has a uniform especially in europe because we don't do uniforms much in america we'll talk about that in a minute it really is you have a work uniform and that work uniform is it's binary it, it's mm. males and females if you're a female chimney sweep you're wearing the same overalls and the same top hat as a male chimney <laughs> yeah. sweep yeah. Uh, which they still do wear top hats <laughs> i i would be all for trying out that industry just for the accessories but that's another topic <laughs> something that I pulled out of this when I started thinking about this idea of uniform is if you look at American businesses, I think American businesses stopped caring about their uniforms in about 1975. That's my gut call when you look at the sad quality of uniforms that we issue to employees. If you look at a doorman in New York City, or if you look at 
a delivery driver for Amazon. The delivery driver is lucky if they have a road guard vest. A visibility vest. Why do you think in 1975? What happened in 1975? Why, and why do you think Americans have such a, a problem in the workplace with, with the idea of identity through a uniform? I will start. I think one of the things that happened in the 70s was, in the U.S., was we went through an identity crisis where everybody wanted to be unique and special. And it started in the 70s. And if you look at your postal carrier, used to be the United States Postal Service had a uniform. They had different versions of a uniform, but they had a uniform. Now we've got people running around with a T-shirt that says USPS like Nike on it, yeah. <laughs> which is fine. I, I don't really care as long as they deliver the mail and they do what they're supposed to do. But it's interesting that our culture has, everybody has become, I want to be unique, so I want different options. And, and, and that's my, my and opinion. That, that, that's a strong driver. The piece that I see in this is at some point in the 70s, we stopped seeing the uniform as a representation of the brand. Because frankly, if you look at your Amazon driver, and I've seen Amazon delivery people doing their work under such horrible conditions. That should be shameful. But because we don't care about the uniform, we don't care about the presentation of the worker, there's somehow a disconnect between that worker and the brand. And if I logically circle back to those fascinating school uniforms in India, the question I ask is, don't American businesses have space to develop a better brand, greater respect for their employees, and a better work culture Absolutely. through yeah. something yeah. as rudimentary as go and fix your uniforms, give some respect to the staff. Because outside of the workplace, Americans are heavily branded. They pay a fortune <laughs> for clothes that have Nike or... Tommy Hilfiger, whatever it is, you know, they and if it's not that, it's a, a sports jersey showing their mm -hmm. affiliation to their team, which is yeah. proudly worn everywhere. It's that high individualism. And actually, yeah. if you really want to yeah. go down that route, I do believe it was the designer Moschino that has recently taken McDonald's branding and a couple others and put them on high fashion $2,000 t-shirts. So it has come around in a circle. And it's funny, we look in the city and we have a lot of delivery drivers here in New York and UPS has a uniform, the UPS drivers. It's brown, what can brown do for you? They have different versions, long sleeve, short sleeve, long pants, short pants. They're non-gender. It's everybody's wearing the same thing, which is great, except their seasonal help. Their seasonal help is degraded to wear whatever you want to wear put on this vest and on the back it says seasonal help oh, like you're you're a blimey. lower level employee yeah. that we just hired for a couple months yeah my steerage yes yeah. <laughs> yes it's the steerage class yeah i'm not allowed to talk to you i'm from steerage yes <laughs> but it, it seems it seems to me like i think you nailed it there heidi in that if you don't take pride in your the company that you work for, if you're not proud to put on that uniform, then there's probably something inherently wrong within the culture of the business itself. But at the same time, is it a bit of a paradox? Can you say to someone, 
I want you to be creative. I want you to be uh, autonomous. I want you to be a, a, a self-thinking, idea-creating individual, but you look like everyone else. I think that there's space to explore that because if your brand and if your uniform stands for creativity, then you proudly wear that uniform as an expression of that creativity. Yeah, we've worked with cosmetic companies and everybody pretty much dressed the same because they were self-identifying with a specific brand within the organization. Or, or if I'm being a very cynical New Yorker, every creative in New York is dressed in black head to toe. How creative <laughs> is that? Yeah. Everybody that works in finance wears a fleece vest. In, so. in finance, everyone might be wearing suits. I mean, it's a uniform. Yeah. It's not the same mm -hmm. suit, but there is right. an expectation of, you know, suit and tie. And if you're an architect, you're wearing mm -hmm. a... It's self-appointed uniforms. The, mm -hmm. yeah. the Steve Jobs look, the black polar <laughs> neck. Yeah. Well, um, what have we got to look forward to next week? We're going to talk the talk and walk the walk and talk language and usage. Mm, language and usage. I know two languages, American and English. Uh -huh. <laughs> One of them's a bit more precise than the other. Well, I, people say I don't know English very well, and that's very true. Well, I look forward to, to hearing all about that, and uh, thank you so much. Have a, have a great week and speak to you soon. All right, we'll talk next week. Ciao, ciao.